Hey, Robbie, what's up? Hey, Frank, how you doing, man? I'm doing well, man, thanks. You know, congratulations on everything. Former UFC champion, black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, Bellator competitor, and now you're doing a shoot wrestling show tonight with Josh Barnett's blood sport. Man, you're all over the place. Yeah, I commentate fights too, man. Yeah. <laughs> trying to be a jack of all trades, right? Just you know. a master in any. Well, that's that Cuban blood, man. You guys never rest. No, never do, man. We're hard workers. Yeah. We don't have a lot of material to work yeah. with. Right, and your daughter's a badass too. Isn't she uh, training in BJJ as well or wrestling? Yeah, she's already a two-time state champion wrestler. Uh, she was supposed to this year, but she broke her leg skateboarding, <laughs> which is no longer allowed in my house. And my other two boys, we'll just start seeing them because they're young, 9 and 13, but my, uh, they're studs too, football and uh, wrestling. That's awesome, man. You're keeping the combat sports alive and the contact sports, so everything's going great. Uh, what's it like making the transition from BJJ to, uh, to shoot and catch wrestling? Uh, you know what? The... There's actually a lot of similarities. I mean, there's so much technique and so much finesse behind everything. Uh, just obviously just the concerns uh, are a little bit different on where, you know, there's a lot more showmanship in the uh, in the shoot, you know, and uh, work. Whereas, you know, when I'm doing, you know, a jiu-jitsu match, I'm not worried about where my face is or where my opponent is, you know, where we are in relation to where the fans, where they can see or not see. Well, and what are you going to get a show named after you? I mean, you know, this used to be Matt Riddle's blood sport. Now it's Josh Barnett's blood sport. Where, where's Frank Mears? Well, I think after I do a match with Brock Lesnar, then I'll be big enough in the pro wrestling to go ahead and have my own uh, show. <laughs> well, you, you already had that fight in the UFC, so you might as well just cross over the WWE. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I mean, we're one and one against each other. I would think that he loses sleep and I would like to have a you know deciding factor. Um <laughs> And so, you know, I've chased him over here now into the pro wrestling world, so hopefully maybe he'll stop running. But I, I get it, you know what I mean? Like, I like breaking right. bones, and he has a very nice neck, so. Right. Well, I, I think uh, Boss Rutten said, um, sorry, uh, Brock doesn't like getting hit in the face, and you can tell, so you got that yeah, going so for you. compromise. Yeah. I won't punch yeah. him in the face. I just want to choke <laughs> him unconscious until he wets himself. <laughs> now you're sounding like Gene LaBelle. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so we're not on a movie set. We're good. Right. <laughs> oh, man. So this crossover, you know, because a lot of people, like, it, it's interesting. Like, I equate MMA and pro wrestling and with the comic book world with comic book fans and manga fans. Like, manga fans can be comic book fans, but comic book fans hate manga. And then, like, pro wrestling fans can be MMA fans, but MMA fans hate pro wrestling. Yet there's a huge crossover with the combatants and the respect for each other. Why do you think that, like, the fans can't see the the appeal of both the way the fighters can? You know what? I think sometimes what bugs them is success. I think, you know, for a while then you got to realize MMA has just now became at the forefront. We're just now on ESPN and, and, and whatnot. So for a while there, I mean, think about it. I mean, back in the day, Dana used to say, I'll give any boxer... You know, two hundred fifty thousand dollars comes over here and fight. Boxing right. wasn't calling us up looking for a fighter because we were the little kid on the block. So I still right. think a lot of the MMA fans still have that little bit of resentment. But I mean, look, pro wrestling still makes way more money. I mean, you get the top twenty pro wrestlers, number twenty makes more money than everybody else over in MMA. So I think sometimes there's still that resentment of success, and instead of just going, "Hey, this is what they have to offer, and this is what this team has to offer." Um, right. When you want one, go for the other. And I think they make a lot of references back and forth. I mean, for anybody to sit there and go, oh, this is bullshit. I'm all, so you like guns, right? I'm like, yeah. But you like movies that have guns, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's right. Still, you know those aren't real guns, right? You're just you're being entertained. 
Yeah, I'm all, it's the same fucking thing, dude. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> just relax, be entertained, and enjoy that it's all martial arts. Right, and I enjoy both, and I've always been a fan of both, back even when Art Davies was running the UFC. Oh, yeah, right, well, you're going way back even before me. Yeah, well, I started, I started watching at UFC 2, and then just been a fan ever since of, of the American style, and then Pride, and then everything that went into Strike Force. and I'm a huge fan of Bellator, and I love what Scott Coker is doing over there, because Scott and Dana yeah. have two totally different uh, presentation styles, and now you've worked for both, and Barnett's now come over, and that April Fool's signing, like, had everybody rocked. What was it like for you to see Josh sign on April Fool's in front of Ariel Hawani? and then go, all right, this is a guy that I'm probably going to be getting into the cage with soon. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, Josh is in Bellator now, but we'll be definitely, we're going to be crossing paths sooner or later. But Josh also gets it. Like, I actually really like Josh. He's a super smart mm-hmm. guy. You talk about him, he's a historian of everything from pro wrestling to martial arts, Japanese culture. The guy's extremely intelligent. He's actually one of the few guys that I'll openly tell people, and I've said it before, that most fighters can't fucking teach fighting. They're idiots. They're just, they're just good athletes that have a high pain tolerance. But if you say, hey, how do I transition from throwing this jab to if I want to get the guy's double, where do I hit the double? And then if he turns to the uh, guillotine, you start talking like that, and most people like a Brock Lesnar will just stare at you like you're speaking Chinese. They don't know how to fight. Barnett actually knows how to fight. If he wants to, when he stops fighting, he'll make a phenomenal coach. In fact, if he wasn't somebody I had to fight, I would work with him because he's very knowledgeable. So it's always a pleasure to do combat with guys that really know what they're doing. Right. And it seems like you're you're enjoying your time in Bellator right now. I mean, you did the tournament. You know, you, you're going on. You want, you want that heavyweight title. Josh wants that heavyweight title. Both of you are vying for the first heavyweight champion to be in both companies or to be a, a champ for both companies at heavyweight. Um, what's it like, the difference between working for Dana and Scott? Well, I mean, I guess the biggest difference between Dana and Scott Coker is that, like, most people don't know who Scott Coker is because he wants Bellator to be the biggest thing. A lot of people know who Dana White is because Dana wants to be more famous than the UFC. But I get it. You know, he, he never came from anywhere. He never fought. I mean, he was an aerobics box instructor. So I would think, too, that if, if my industry, you know, it'd be like you running a modeling agency and you were never hot enough to model. So now he right. runs the premier fight league and he's not a fighter. Do you know what I mean? So I think that that old poker has a martial arts background. He knows right. how to fight. And he did it to the level that he was capable of. And he's very, he's able to tell you like, well, I went as far as my abilities or talents would take me. And now he loves martial artists and the martial arts. And he's trying to push them out there. He's not the kind of guy that wants to sit there and sign autographs and take pictures unless somehow it helped promote the village. Right. And then Scott, people forget that started K1 kickboxing and everyone still reply or applies everything to K1 rules. So he set that up for everything. Yeah, that's right. In fact, actually, I figured about that half the time I talked about You're right. So he's very much of a pioneer. But I think that way is because he always kind of talks from a fighter's point of view, where Dana's always thinking more of the spectator's point of view, because one used to be a fighter and one used to just be a spectator, and then they moved into the positions that they were. Right. And then uh, the UFC, you know, I mean, Dana used to meet with Vince McMahon all the time to, to figure out how to promote it to make it a bigger spectacle than it is. And like you said, the top 20 uh, the you know, pro wrestlers make more money than the top uh, MMA guys and people forget that Conor made all his money in that boxing match with, with yeah. uh, Mayweather. That's when people say they go, oh, Conor McGregor. I'm like, no, no, no. Conor's payday was boxing. He makes yeah. great money and he's a top paid MMA fighter, but his $100 million came from boxing. 
came because Mayweather took him under his wing and took it over. Right. If he had gone in, you know, some prelim bout, he would have made like four grand. Yeah. And so, I'm sorry, I'm distracted. Um, yeah. No, no problem. There. So, and then, uh, but I think that but, more opportunities like what we have right now with like blood sport, this going on as it's going, I think a lot more fighters are going to transition to going back and forth because one, financially, you're doing something you love to do. And being out right. here tonight going against Dan Severn is something that like, if it wasn't for the opportunity of right now blood sport, because of the different times that we were in the MMA world, Dan and I never would have faced each other. And if you right. watch my career, I've tried to face everybody. I've tried to make sure I never avoid anybody. Everybody, I try to put everybody on the list of people I've been in there with. So now here right. with blood sport, Barnett's giving me an opportunity to go in there and go against another legend of Dan Severn. Right. And then Dan Severin and Ken Shamrock were the first two guys to really cross over into professional wrestling from MMA. Yeah, in fact, I think Shamrock actually had pro wrestling experience before he even went into MMA, so he might be one of the stars that actually goes back and forth, but no one knew who he was until he made a big splash, obviously, in UFC. Right. Uh, what's it like for you to make that crossover now, especially facing Severin? You know, I mean, he started at ASU. He was multiple-time UFC champion, you know, and Dan's well in his 50s, and he's still going and still wants to compete in MMA. So to do a shoot show with Dan, you know, what's that like for you? Well, I think that it's awesome because Dan's such a seasoned veteran. To go in there, this will be my first transition. I like the fact that Bloodsport is more MMA-orientated rules, whereas if I was going to a pure wrestling match where there's turnbuckles and ropes, you know, I'm starting to, with Austin Aries, learn the art, but, I mean, I would be, uh, you know, very uh, arrogant for me to sit there and go, I know what I'm doing. I, I don't. Right. I'm learning as we're going. And so this is kind of really a transitionary step of like this is extremely close to what I'm normally doing in MMA. We can win by mm. knockout, by submission, but it's not professional wrestling on the for some of the rule system. Right. This is this is more like early style, like uh, you know, uh, gotch style wrestling. Yes, catch is catch can time. We're going. Yeah. You know, um, this is always you know it's always so fun to see the crossover. Right Right. And it's always fun to see you guys guys get on the mat or in the cage. Um, what can we expect from tonight's show? Because I know you and Severin both are legends in your own right. And Dan seems like the calmest savage you'll ever meet. Yeah, I agree. I think we have very similarity personalities in that where we don't, you know, uh, we do most of our talking with our actions. But I think tonight, I mean, look, Dan has a, a great clinch, a lot of hard work. So I think engaging with him is going to uh, bring it into his world where it's slower. I'm looking to go ahead once the fight gets to the mat, take advantage of the fact that I'm extremely agile and, and for the uh, go for more submissions. I think that, you know, his positions are still, you know, really, you know, etched into him and concrete. I think that on the jiu-jitsu world, I still have a, a leg up. Right. I, I'm really impressed by his uh, by his ankle pick. He makes it look completely effortless in his takedowns. Uh, how do you plan on stopping his, his takedowns, especially when he goes for low singles or ankle picks or anything of that sort? Well, that's the advantage I have tonight is that I don't really have to worry about stopping any of his takedowns. In fact, if he takes me down, I end up on my back. Um, I'm in one of the most dangerous areas for me. I mean, my arm bar off my back has won me world titles. And so, yeah. you know, I think this is a situation where he might want to see if he doesn't take me down and keep the fight on his feet. But it's just going to be counterintuitive for him. It's something he's done for 40 years is put people on their back, except for normally it's not the worst decision they've ever made. Tonight it will be for him. <laughs> right. And then on top of it, tonight's fight for, for Bloodsport is going to be on Fight TV, F-I-T-E, to spell it correctly for everyone. Yeah, 
tune in on Fight TV and uh, already hitting up some interviews and the things going already. So anybody wants to watch uh, my debut, they'll be able to see it. Yeah, and uh, fight time is four or bell time's four o'clock, and it's going to be eight matches. Are you guys the co-main event tonight? Yes, uh, you know, obviously this is. Uh, <laughs> Josh's name's on the marquee, so this is his event, so he's the main event, but then I'm right there underneath the co-main event. All right. Well, hopefully for next year's Bloodsport, we'll get to see you against Josh in the in the main event, and good luck tonight against Dan Severin. Uh, where, just to be safe, where can we find you on social media? And, yeah, at uh, the Frank Mayer. Yeah. Okay. Oh, at the Frank Mayer, you can catch me on Twitter uh, and Instagram uh, and my Facebook, and then... Uh, if you want to also do, uh, I do a weekly podcast called Phone Booth Fighting at phoneboothfighting.com. You can click on that website and check it out and tune in to any past episodes. You can find it on any of the uh, Apple TV or Sketch or wherever you find your normal podcast. Perfect. Frank, thank you so much for your time, man. I'm going to be able to catch the replay later tonight, and uh, I'm excited to see what you and Dan have for us. Cool, man. Hey, try to get a hold of me and let me know what you think. I like critique. Absolutely. You got it, man. And then uh, we'll be in touch for the next Bellator fight, whatever's coming your way there. Awesome. Hopefully this time in the summer I'll be fighting. Fingers crossed. All right, man. I'll talk to you later.